0: Hello, and what is up, everybody? It's me, Marty the Meat Man here, your host of Cross Court Coverage, your All nba Celtics Focus podcast, brought to you in part by the one and only Primetime Productions at Primetime Prods on Twitter, X, you know, the Elon app. Um, Primetime Prods got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um I know it's not basketball related, but they have a tapped in series that they started, we started uh last week, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh so if you're into watching Twitch streams, they're playing a chell tourney between uh four no eight creators on the network, um, and two guests. And it's it was a whole bunch of fun. Uh your boy Meat Man was uh putting up goals. So that was it was a lot of fun to uh play with all of them and uh kind of just, you know, have a mismatch of all these different shows uh all together. Um but besides that, you know, podcasts on every sport, gambling, articles, uh, you know, sports articles, check out the website primetimeproductions.net. Um it's, you know, there's something for everyone over there. So, check it out. Uh If you're listening to me, I appreciate it, Um, but there are a lot of like-talented people within the network, so check it out, Uh, see if you find anyone else that, you know, piques your interest. Uh, Besides that, besides the goings-ons of the introduction, we have had a nutty week in the NBA this week. Um uh, topics headlines, galore, um covering all like all of the things that you could think of in sports for a week to cover news wise uh yeah, they gave it the good old soap opera that is the n b a dished out some very interesting plot twists this week. um we'll start with uh Injuries as we always do. Uh so I'm a little confused about this because woes reported it, but Shams had nothing to say on the matter. Um Julius Randle has a dislocated right shoulder, um, which will be reassessed. Um, and then a the timetable will probably be given. Uh Shams, what are we hey bud? What are, what are we doing? <laughs> like you gotta you gotta announce some major injuries if they're if they're going on. Um Yeah, I mean, not a a good thing for the Knicks at all. Um, I know we all joke that they're better off without Julius Randle, but the guy is playing a lot better this year and more consistently a lot better. Um, I think the Knicks fans as a whole have kind of given up on that, oh, we're better off without him thing, and have leaned into, okay, he's good. We like him. Um, So a little bit of a devastating hit. Hopefully, you know, Dislocated shoulder. I don't even know what like the rehab for that is. You got to pop it back in. Um, hopefully, a quick recovery. I know when I dislocated my knee, I popped it back in. It was like a week, uh, but I wasn't playing at the NBA level, so <laughs> a little different. Um, but you know, everyone you know, injuries suck. No one's rooting for injuries. Uh, we hope Julius Randle can have a quick and speedy recovery and continue to keep pushing the Knicks forward. Um, I like when the Knicks are in the playoffs. I don't like, there's supposed to be this rivalry between the Celtics and the Knicks and it doesn't exist in my mind. Um, it's also like probably back from the Ewing bird days and all that. But, uh, yeah, the Knicks don't scare me. I like when they're in the playoffs. They're a fun team to watch. And, you know, major injuries to major players always suck. Man, um, best of luck to you, Julius. Hope you heal up well. Hope to see you in the playoffs so that we can dunk on Yes. ass. <laughs> um, speaking of big-time players, though, So this is when we break down and get into the news. There was only one injury this week because I think the basketball gods were like, we have so much shit to throw on your plate. People can't get hurt. We can't be talking about injuries. So uh, here's a whole bunch of other stuff. So uh, Joel Embiid is the ninth player in history to score 70 points in a game. Uh, he did so against the Spurs. Larry did not pull up this game for me. So let me pull it up. Uh, 76ers, Spurs. There we go. And it looks like this. Let's see the box score, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Joel Embiid, and Embiid, and B, Joel and D points. I want more stats. Oh my god. So Google sucks. <laughs> like Google like attempts to do what ESPN and uh everyone else. ESPN, uh basketballreference.com, like all of them have uh their own version of stats. And Google attempts to do it, but Jesus Christ, do they drop the ball? Here we go. Joel Embiid had 70 points. Uh, He hit one of two three-pointers. He was 23 for 39 uh, from the two-point land. He hit 21 free throws. We all know how we all feel about Joel free throws. A little bit of a merchant there. So without the free throws, he only has... Quick mass. 49, which isn't as stellar or exciting. But he did have 18 rebounds, which is nuts. Um, 18 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. I mean, like, love him or hate him, that's a crazy game. He's the ninth player in history to crack 70. Um, Played 37 minutes. I mean, congrats. Joel, uh, yeah, I'm not your biggest fan. I'm not not someone who's going to go to bat for you, but that is a nutty stat line. Um, But, you know, I just said, the ninth player ever to break the 70 um, barrier, and then literally days later, we get uh, Luka Doncic to do the same, if not better. Um, So... Luca put up 73 points uh, against the Hawks. So, like, first off, Hawks and Spurs, what are we doing here, baby? It's like, what <laughs> what are we doing here? Because uh, this can't be happening on your head, top. Like, just there's just no reason to be letting one guy put up. So many goddamn points. Um oh, the Hawks were home. Were the Spurs home? Were both of these teams freaking home and getting dunked on for 70 plus? Um, 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 um Spurs, Sixers. No, okay. The Sixers were home. There's a little more. What are you doing, Hawks? You can't let people come into Atlanta. Put up seventy on your heads <laughs> up. Um, let's see. Okay, Luca, Luca's stat line. So literally days later, Luca becomes the tenth guy to crack the seventy. Uh, like I said, crazy week. Like you, you Lucas. Like hold my beer. I uh, need to do this too. So, Luca played forty five minutes, which is insane. Uh. He shot 8 for 13 from the three-point land, which means that he shot, math is mathing, 17 for 20 from two-point land, and he hit 15 free throws. So did it on way less free throws than uh, Joel. Did it with a lot more threes. Uh, He had 10 rebounds, 7 assists, nearly triple-doubled the thing. Uh, One steal. 73 points. Nuts. <laughs> um, I don't know if anyone saw, but Grant posted a picture with Luca after the game. Uh, and he was like, uh, 82 points right here, baby. Thank you, Grant. You had nine. You didn't have to include yourself in this conversation. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, positive negatively, how to talk about uh, a seventy-point game because obviously that is an insane personal statistic. That's an insane game. You balled out of your mind, both Joel and Luca. Like free throw merchanting or not, that is crazy. Um, you're, you guys are both one of ten people, and to be in the conversation of people like. Wilt and Kobe when it comes to scoring, when it comes to playing the game, that's gotta be one of the coolest, one of the biggest, like pat on the back's like, hey, I I I belong in this league kind of thing. I am now in the books kind of thing. Um so hats off to them. Uh both teams won their games, which is also just crucial. If you're gonna put up that many points, you can't lose. Imagine putting up 70 70- 73 whatever it was and losing you're a fucking ball hog and your team loses like no goddamn way no way um but you know their team won uh the mavs beat the hawks 148 to 143 uh, the spurs definitely lost cuz they're the spurs uh let's see they lost 123 to 133 76ers won that game. So, yeah. I mean, 70 points leading to your team getting a W, huge. Definitely massive. No no notes, no no negative uh talk to be had there. It's good for you guys. I really that's all I can say is that's fucking nuts. Um I'd love to see a uh, Tatum 70 ball. I'd love to see a JB 70 ball, but that's also the same thing. It's like How do you – it's like such a perfect storm. How do you get to 70 points while being a team player? I don't know that you can. I think our team is a little too uh, chemistry-dependent, a little too um, cohesive of a group. Luca is a very ball-dominant player. Um, Joel Embiid can be a very ball-dominant player. Um, He's also just a freak athlete and always in the paint and always, you know, there for the opportunity to be fouled. So it is a little bit different. Um, I think it takes a certain scheme, a certain type of player, a certain team situation to get these kind of record points. Um, I don't think that we'll ever see with like the current chemistry roster breakdown, you know, roster construction that the Celtics have. I don't think that there's a way uh, to see a 70 point tatum or brown game or kp game like uh we move the ball too much we use all of our scoring options we don't really lean on any one or two guys to you know uh get it done so i'm not i'm not saying it in any negative light i think i'm just saying it in a fact that um it's not something we will see with this celtics team this year or in the near future, especially if they keep it so balanced up top. I mean, if you have a, six starters in the NBA um, playing on it, you know, you can only start five. You're going to have the ball, you're going to have everyone scoring their own fair share. You're going to have everyone getting their own stats. I don't think you're going to get one ball dominant player enough just to uh, pop off like that. Not again, not in a negative way. I don't think that it's a bad thing that these guys scored 70. Um, they just have the roster composition and you know, the skill sets and the player style to do that. Um, it's crazy. And again, hats off to them because I <laughs> I can't even imagine. Like I I've personally, I think the most points I've scored in the game was ten. Uh so yeah, that's not that's not anything the fucking toot your horn at. So 70, you know, seven times what I got that's insane um but we move on we move on i'm done gassing up you know luca mr luca Doncic, um and joel Embiid. you know this isn't a this isn't a sixers wow i almost forgot i was gonna go say... <laughs> i was gonna say the donchiches that's not the team name they're the mavs <laughs> Oh man, I need to take another sip of coffee. All right, let's get that in and then move on to the next topic. So, all right, all right, all right, dial dialing back in. Uh, okay, so like I said, crazy week in the NBA. We talked about some crazy scoring, two guys to be exact. Um, let's talk about a trade because. Ain't no crazy week in the NBA without some player movement. The Miami Heat and the Charlotte Hornets have made a transaction. The Miami Heat will receive Terry Rosier and the Charlotte Hornets will receive Kyle Lowry and a 2027 first round pick lottery protected in 2027 or unprotected in 2028, meaning if it's a lottery pick from the Heat in 2027, which I would love to see. Let's let's get the Heat in the lottery. <laughs> um, if it is a lottery pick in 2027, then it is an unprotected pick in 2028. If it's not a lottery pick, if it's, you know, uh, 14 or higher in draft, then it will go to the Hornets. Um, the Hornets are looking to buy out Kyle Lowry, so he will be hitting the open market. Um, teams who are above the tax apron or the second tax apron I'm not exactly sure how it works but one of the tax aprons if you're above it you cannot uh, actively pursue uh, buyout players so the Celtics have no chance of getting Kyle Lowry stop talking about it Uh, I've seen a couple people be like well what do we do to get Kyle Lowry and blah 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 blah, and what will it cost Um, we literally can't so move on You know learn some learn some of the roles buddy boy ladies and germs um Terry Rozier. uh the heat fans the heat fans my god <laughs> they started the season we want dame dame's our guy dame our bust dame to the championship they didn't get dame the bucks did mm-hmm <clears throat> They didn't get Drew when, you know, the Bucks gave up Drew to get Dame. They didn't get Emmanuel quickly when he got moved to the Raptors. They didn't get any point guard that has moved recently. They just haven't. And they, uh, You know, I, the Heat faithful didn't really want to keep rolling out with Kyle Lowry. I don't know why. I kind of like Kyle Lowry, but he is, you know tail end of his career and on a big old contract. So I also get that. So they settle for trading with Charlotte. They give up a first rounder and uh, Mr. Big old booty, Kyle Lowry um, and get Terry Rozier, a 20 point scorer. Uh, You know, I mean, like I have nothing against scary. Terry, don't get me wrong. He is a Boston Celtic through and through. If you look up his old tweets, it has always been fuck the Heat, uh, which is kind of hilarious. But, you know, money talks, bullshit walks. He is on the Heat now, and I'm sure he'll buy in. He's a great player. Uh, Got a good head on his shoulders. Will probably, you know, buy into Heat culture, what the fuck ever that means. Uh, But all the Miami Heat fans, this is this one, this little uh, shout out, this little conversation, this little piece uh, is for you. He ain't Dame. I'll say that again. Terry Rosier isn't Damian Lillard. I just want to leave that there and let it soak in for you. I don't know why we're pretending. And by we, I mean the Heat people. The (laughs) heat The Heat people on uh, Twitter. Got a 20-point scorer. We got five twenty point scorers on our team. We're so good. Terry puts us over the edge. Heat and four in every series. Bro, all right, let's rewind this. First off first off, from everything that I've read and everything that I've seen so far, Terry's gonna be six man. So <laughs> you're gonna try and tell me that your uh your grand scheme to getting a banner is Trading for a six-man, trading away a guy that you've been kind of leaning on for a couple of years to get a new guy that scores 20 points to come off the bench. Yeah, all right. All right. But also, in the small sample size of Terry Rozier, being on the Miami Heat. Come on, Larry, pull it up. Terry Rozier. Game logs. Let's see. Excuse me. Um do do They have listed as a shooting guard? I, all right. All right. I don't really. That's not exactly. <clears throat> In his three games as a Miami Heat player. Think that is sad. They lose to the Grizzlies, who are abysmal. They lose to the Celtics. Who are the tits, the Bees knees, the Coupe de Gras, the magnum opus of the NBA? I get it. you could losing to the Celtics is understandable. You know, you know, um, and they lose to the Knicks. So, zero and three since Terry got there. Let's see what Terry did. He put up nine points against the Grizzlies, seven points against the Celtics. Ten points against the Knicks. Uh, let's see. We're like four, two, five rebounds, five, three, seven. Assists. Oh my god! Guys went going, screaming in my ear. I don't care about your house, please. I'm talking about how bad Terry Rozier is on this Heat. Thank you. <clears throat> no free adverts. Yeah, I mean, like. This is what I expected. This is, you know, he goes from being a 20 point a game guy to being a 10 point a game guy. You want to know why? Because the, the Charlotte Hornets are ass. Like hot ass. Dog water, as some people would say. And if you're one of the best guys on a dog shit team, yeah, you better be putting up 20 points. Yeah, you better be, you know, st- Stuffing the stat sheet. But come on, man. You're going to move to a real team. And I'll give you that, Miami. You're a real team. You're a contender. You are always in there. I expect you in win the playoffs almost every year. But your fans are a little DeLulu, guys. To see someone go from a 20-point score on the Charlotte Hornets and expect them to carry that over to being on the heat and doing the same thing, that just makes no goddamn sense. Terry Rozier is a 20-point scorer on the the Hornets because nobody does anything on the Hornets except for LaMelo and Terry. Um, I guess you can throw in that piece of shit, Miles Bridges, from time to time, but I don't like to talk about him, and I'm not going to give him any fucking credit for his game because he's a piece of garbage. But anyway, the Charlotte Hornets as a whole, overall, standing-wise, are ass. Doesn't matter who's, you know, the main ball handler or the main scorer. So when you're an ass team, anyone can have crazy stats. And you have to put that in a bottle and you know, put that asterisk next to it. I'm not gonna say like, oh, we should go and get the well, okay, maybe I would if I was gonna talk about the Pistons. So let's and also the same if I was gonna say about the Spurs. But you know, I don't think that getting um the best player on a shitty team automatically means they're going to keep their superstar stats and number. Like that's just, you have to understand that guys. And these heat fans are like, Oh my God, Terry. It's going to be the second coming of Jesus. No, he's not. He's scary. Terry. He's exactly who he was and has been his whole NBA career. A consistent, good, solid player. Um, The stats were amplified while being on Charlotte. Now, to say who won or lost this trade, I still think the Heat win this trade. I mean, they move on from Kyle Lowry, um, who's not bad. Don't get me wrong. But they move on from the contracts, which is the biggest thing that they needed. Because honestly, the whole reason they didn't get Dame, their contracts, their salary situation is trash. It is a nightmare scape of trying to maneuver anything. You got Duncan Robinson on that awful contract. Tyler Heroes on a huge deal. Bam Adebayo's on a deal. Jimmy Butler's on a deal. Kyle Lowry was on a deal. You couldn't do anything. That's why you couldn't get Dame. You had to move big pieces that nobody wanted, Um, mostly pointing at Duncan Robinson. Um, You know, but now they clear up some cap space. Um, Not too, too much, but, you know, they do free up their situation. Um, Pardon me. Was having another sip of coffee, um. But Charlotte gets what they need, which is more draft capital, because if you're gonna be a, how do I put this lightly? How do I put this nicely? Uh, uh consistent bottom dweller, um, consistent shite team, uh, as the Hornets are. Then, yeah, let's get more draft picks. Let's figure this fucking thing out. Um, So, yeah, I mean, they get a first round pick. They're going to do a buyout. I don't know what that means for their money situations and everything, but I also don't think they have that too too much money tied up in anything. So Uh, I think it's an equal trade. Uh, We really need to see how it plays out. I mean, Heat fans are going to call it a bust of a trade because they're not going to get 20-point Terry. Because they don't understand the concept of moving from a bad basketball team to a good basketball team that you're going to lose some production. That's a compliment to your team, Miami. But you're going to look at it as, but w- w- why can't he do it? But why can't he create? I don't know. Maybe because you have Amy uh Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, uh, Hi Smith. Uh Duncan Robinson, like you have so many people who can create, who can score. You got to share the rock. Terry's not going to get 20 points. Don't expect that from him. Maybe once, twice, three times, maybe a couple times inconsistently. But like don't expect him to be 20 point Terry. And don't be mad that he's not. Like he's going to put in the minutes. He's going to play fine. He's going to play consistent. Um but I think this expectation is just ridiculous. And I think they're uh, they're kind of gaslighting themselves into thinking that Terry Rozier is their answer for not getting Dame Lillard. And honey, come here. <laughs> Miami fans, come here. It's okay. This is a safe space. Stop what you're doing and accept that your team is fine. And not bad, not good, not great, not awesome, but fine. You're going to get to the playoffs, and you're going to contend there. Like, the one thing that I can say about the Heat is some of their fans, if not all. Actually, a lot of their fans, but it's it's more of like a second realization. So they'll start by chirping. Um, they'll start by talking shit and saying that they're going to kick a team's ass. And then if they do, they continue to chirp. They continue to you know go ballistic and everything like that. Which, you know, props to you. That's what you deserve. You chirp and you're right. Stand on your pedestal. You know, I am a a pro, pro chirping, pro, you know, flexing on the the losers. Uh, It's all in the fun of the sport. But this is the more important point. The real basketball IQ, the real knowledge of the game comes when you say, when you lose, you talk all this shit. And then you lose the game and, you know, the other team's fans start chirping you back. And the Miami fans always say, it doesn't matter. We're going to be in the playoffs. We'll see you in the playoffs. And that is the realest thing. That is something that the Miami fans need is to kind of just like lean on a little bit more and like be like, fuck the regular season. I mean, I've been saying it all year on this podcast. Fuck the regular season. I just want to be in the playoffs. That is the Miami Heat structure. They don't care if they're the eight seed. They don't care if they're the one seed. They don't care if they're the like as long as they're in the play in, as long as they're going to the playoffs, they're gonna con- they're gonna contend. They're gonna compete. Um, and that's a great model to have. So I think that they need to lean a little bit more into that and stop, you know, stop worrying about chirping about a regular season game or, you know, trying to one up everyone on the timeline and just coast. I mean, it's it's kind of like a uh, kind of like the stadium. It's kind of like the arena. Like there ain't that many fans in there. Come playoff time, it's filled up. It's it's just a literal metaphor for the Miami Heat culture. <laughs> Regular season, nah, I can't be bothered. Postseason, I know we're gonna be there. I'll see you there. Um, but yeah, I mean, win or lose. I can't really say. I can't really say who takes away from this trade and uh, comes out the "quote unquote" champion, but it's interesting. I don't. I don't dislike it for either side, uh, but also keep it in perspective. Keep it in check, uh, Miami fans. Um. Oh, I hope you didn't hear that. That was my chair moving. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. Moving on. Ah, yes. <laughs> So we've talked trades, we've talked injuries, we've talked crazy scoring. How else do we add to this crazy week gumbo? What, what other ingredient can we throw in here? Oh, a suspension? Oh, a suspension? Let's talk about a suspension. This week in the NBA, Tristan Thompson <clears throat> of the Cleveland Cavaliers has been suspended for 25 games. 25 games he got the job rant sentence for doing steroids and i'm just going to put that in layman's terms because they you know listed um actually i can't just say steroids i should say performance enhancing drugs um because i don't know what they listed out the medical names or like the fucking code of what the drug was and i ain't a pharmacist and i don't know what these things do but we do know that he was suspended for taking these drugs and them falling underneath the drug policy of the NBA. Now, <clears throat> I am, you know, I'm anti-performance-enhancing drugs. I don't think that, you know, players should be on the juice or players should be, you know, getting an unfair advantage. I appreciate the NBA stepping in here and, you know, giving them the banhander, saying, hey, you you can't, play in the league if you're gonna be juicing um 25 games is a stern but solid you know sentence um my problem here (laughs) see my problem here with uh tristan getting suspended it's not even about tristan getting suspended it's about tristan doing performance enhancing drugs what the fuck are you doing? Taking PEDs and then putting up a three point eight points, uh, let's see, uh, 3.9 rebounds, assists, three point nine rebounds, one point one assists, zero point three, like you're doing performance enhancing drugs to not enhance your performance. What the fuck are we talking about? Like. <laughs> I, I don't even know how you find that out. How Who, like, randomly drug tested Tristan Thompson? Who randomly was like, mm, you know what, Tristan's putting up four points a game. We definitely need to check his piss. Like, that's what I don't get. I do not understand how Tristan Thompson is apparently taking these performance-enhancing drugs and not enhancing his performance. That's just the fucking hilarious part of it all to me, is that he... You know, he's in the back end of his career. He was, you know, a Cav from 2012 to uh, 2020. Then a Celtic. Then a King. Then a Pacer. Then a Bull. Now back with the Cavs. Uh, if you ask Chloe Kardashian, you know, she would have said he's a chronic cheater. And I know that's about their love life. But, you know, it applies to the game now. You know, cheats on his girl. Cheats on the game. Pretty consistent there. But again... If you're, if you're going to take PEDs, if you're going to try and enhance your game with drugs, you best be putting up performance-enhanced stats. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I and mean, I'm not condoning PEDs. I'm not saying go out there and do it and ball out. No. I'm just saying that if you're going to go through the trouble, you're going to take the risk you're going to put your career on the line by doing performance-enhancing drugs. I don't want to see a four-point-per-game, four-rebound-per-game, one-assist-per-game stat line. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? Why are you even risking your career, risking your health, risking, you know, you, everything to break the rules to be ass? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't – I like, what – I don't know, like, how did that conversation go with Tristan and his trainer or Tristan and his doctor or Tristan and whomever gave him these performance-enhancing drugs? It's just like, yeah, man, I need that good shit. I need to, I need to up my game. And they're like, okay, uh, like, do you want, like, anabolic steroids? No, I don't want to be, like, too jacked. Or No, I don't want to. I want to fly under the radar. I just want to, like, you know, be a little bit better. I want to put up, like, four points a game. You know what I mean? I want to play 12 minutes a game and only get four points. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. God. <clears throat> I'm allergic to bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, you know, the whole angle from Tristan here. You're 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 on your way out. You're on your way out. You are fucking 32 years old. You've been a bench guy for the last four or five seasons. What are you doing? Did you just think, hey, they're not going to ever test me because I'm so bad? But also, why even chance it? You get 12 minutes, like you are a back of the rotation guy. What the fuck is the point? You took performance enhancing drugs Did not enhance his performance And got suspended Like L's L L L L L Tristan Thompson Loser (laughs) Like that's it (laughs) Like I said Chloe could have told you uh, He's a cheating loser And I think it's hilarious Now Sips coffee for dramatic effect Now The one thing I want to talk about is that we are giving a 25-game suspension for performance-enhancing drugs. And while I do support, you know, a suspension for using PEDs, while I do think that, you know, maybe it is the correct sentence. um, He wasn't affecting the game. He wasn't changing the game. He didn't break the game by taking these drugs. Like I said, he put up four points per fucking game. That ain't nothing. He didn't do anything. Like, yes, he broke the rules. I get that. I totally understand. Um, but it, it wasn't like him breaking the rules ended up making him an MVP candidate. It didn't make him an all star. It didn't, you know, he like he is very much still bottom of the barrel. Um, so I think context is a little key here because Twenty-five games is the same amount of games uh, John Morant got for playing with pea shooters. Twenty-five games is a hell of a lot more games than Josh Giddy got for being a pedophile. Uh, Twenty-five games is a hell of a lot more games than, uh, well, Miles Bridges was out for one season, but you know now with the second offense, no games. So the inconsistency of the suspensions in the NBA. Oh my God, Draymond got. It. 16 games for both choking someone out and punching someone directly in the face. <clears throat> there is no consistency in how these suspensions are dealt is what I was trying to get at. Is what the, the you know the main plot line is here is that I could not tell you. If I were to try and write up a book, try and write up like a summary, try and write up a, a cheat sheet for someone being like, "Oh, if I do this, how fucked am I?" with my NBA career? How, how bad is it going to affect me? Um, you know, season wise, how many games am I going to miss? I couldn't attempt. I could not attempt to tell you the numbers or the frequency or the consistency of what offense gives you what amount of games. I just couldn't, uh, Tristan Thompson, 25 games, for being a uh, 10th man on this team and taking performance-enhancing drugs and putting up four points per game. Um, again, don't condone him doing the drugs. But in the grand scheme of things, even though he broke the rules, he didn't break the game. It's not bad. I mean, it's bad for the sport to take performance-enhancing drugs, yes. But no one's looking at that stat line and going, wow, he's on the juice. Wow, he's fucking going bananas. Um, playing with pea shooters, having uh, guns in your Instagram story, 25 game suspension. Again, you can have whatever opinion you have on guns. You can have whatever opinion you have on having guns in a public place. You can have whatever opinion you have of showing off guns on social media. They called that detrimental to the game, and it was a 25-game suspension. Josh Giddy allegedly, you know, has sex slash sexually assaults a minor. <clears throat> we have seen, yet to see, any suspension, any any missed games for that. Um, Miles Bridges is on his second DV case. Yes, he missed it a year for the first one, but now he's missing no time for the second one. Um. There's no consistency here. There is no way to know what offense is going to get what number of games or any games. Um and when you do something so trivial like if you look at the the Ja and the Tristan suspensions and th- they combine for 50 games um, the stark comparison to, you know, what I think are a lot more offensive Offenses, uh a lot more, you know, things that are actions that are detrimental to the game, um, and and should be properly punished for said actions for said, um you know, I I've talked about it so many times, and I really I'm beating a dead horse here, and I can't figure out <laughs> what to say, um, because you know honestly, you know me in front of this mic, it's not going to change anything, but I do have the you know, ability to say it, and I will say it, and I will consistently say it that the NBA needs to be better on uh, their policies against domestic violence and sexual assault. And apparently, we have to add in pedophilia in there because of fucking Josh Giddy. Um, but, like, let's start really reprimanding those guys and maybe being a little more lenient on guys like Tristan Thompson, four points per game on performance enhancing drugs. Like, come on, I get it hold a hold a firm line, but then hold an even firmer line for the more heinous offensives, like just make it make sense <laughs> I, I like I laugh because it's it's maddening, it's confusing, it makes little to fucking no sense. Um, but I digress, oh, Tristan. Oh, Tristan Thompson. <laughs> you have a lot of time off. I don't know what you're going to do with it, but hopefully it doesn't involve any more cheating. And I'll leave it at that. LOL. Um, all right. So let's, d- let's double back on this crazy week in the NBA. Two guys score 70. Uh, the Heat make a trade with the Hornets. Guy gets suspended for quote-unquote performance-enhancing drugs. Pretty crazy, right? Let's throw in coaching turmoil to this crazy week. Again, this is a Sunday-to-Sunday Sunday show. I give you updates week-to-week week of what's going on in the NBA. And yet, we are still covering... The craziness that was this week. So the Bucks, the at the time I believe thirty three and thirteen, something like that. Um, they've since played games since this happened, but um, second place in the East. Let me like make that clear: the second place overall in the Eastern Conference team, the Bucks. Fire, their coach Adrian Griffin. Randomly, yeah, they lost the game before like the night before but like they fire Adrian Griffin for being the second best team in the east. Um a lot of speculation as to why or who did it. Um a lot of uh finger pointing at uh Dave not being able to figure out the scheme, uh you know, not successfully committing the pick and roll and that not being coached them correctly, whatever. Um, a lot of rumor that Giannis had a big hand in it but at the same time you have a lot of quotes from Giannis saying I love that guy, I was happy for him to be here we had a great chemistry, blah 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 we'll never know why or who or what made the plug get pulled but to fire a coach while being second place is fucking bananas it makes no goddamn sense and then you go out of your way and hire Doc Rivers. You replace the guy who's got you in second place with Doc Rivers. And and the only reason that I can see <laughs> um, them picking up Doc Rivers is one, to fuck with the Celtics. I don't think it will, but um, I still think they're so salty about this uh, Drew Holiday situation. You know, they moved on from Drew and... They wanted to keep him out West, and we said, hey, come on back. And Drew said, hell yeah. So I do think they're a a little bit vendetta, a little vengeance in there against us for that. But Doc Rivers. Now, I don't dislike Doc, but I don't think he's a good coach, if that makes any sense. I kind of like the guy. I kind of like the uh... – the basketball mind that is doc rivers i appreciated him as a commentator um but doc it ain't 2008 no more it's actually 16 years later it's actually like a whole different basketball overall but besides that the bucks decided to give me a contract but uh from now to the 2026 2027 season For around about $40 million. So one good thing, and I guess not good thing, but one uh, hat tip, tip of the hat, uh, props to you, Doc Rivers. Professional bag chaser. This guy has gotten hand and fist so much. Hand over fist, that's the saying. Hand over fist so much money from teams in the NBA. It is nuts. Um. Do I think that the Bucks replacing Adrian Griffin with Doc Rivers is a gain? No. Do I think it's a loss? I lean more towards that, but probably still no. Do I think it's a lateral move? Yeah. And why do I think it's a lateral move? I think that Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo got together and we're basically like we need a coach that is just gonna let us do whatever the fuck we want to do and what has doc rivers always done he's gone to teams or he's been on teams where there are crazy amounts of star talent and the players kind of run the show and he is situationally coaching has it worked once um but it didn't work with the Clippers. It didn't work with the 76ers. I I don't know. I don't know that getting doc makes you all that much better bucks. Um, You're also now paying coach bud coach Griffin and coach rivers all at the same time. You idiots. Um, I, I, That's the one thing I don't understand about the NBA or sports in general. It's just like, they're like, oh, let's just piss away millions of dollars to pay some guy that we fired. I would love to be a coach in any major league sport just to get fired. Like I would do, I would do my best to grind and get up there and, you know, make a name for myself and then get a bag. And then I'd fold. I would absolutely just be dog water, get them to fire me and then pull a cliff Kingsbury and just go to some foreign country and chill. (laughs) Uh, For those of you who don't know, cliff Kingsbury is the coach of the Cardinals. He got like a major, 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 major bag. Um, And after like three years, they fired him, but all that money was guaranteed. So they're paying him. like so much money to just be fired. I think that's the funniest thing about uh professional sports is these people just make so much money. And honestly, getting fired and making that much money is even funnier to me. Um I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Doc in the Bucks. I don't know that it makes them that much better. Uh Yeah, veteran presence as a coach, but your rookie coach was doing just fine. But whatever, Milwaukee going to Milwaukee, they can't stand being second place to the Celtics, and I don't blame them, but I don't know. Uh, It will be interesting to see. I think it'll come down to like playoff games. I don't really think that uh, the regular season is what they're worried about, but we shall see. Um, another coach, another coach was fired this week as well. Um, kind of fired. Interesting situation. Wes Unseld, uh, Jr., Wes Unseld Jr., moves from coaching the Wizards to the front office. Uh, they will roll out their interim coach. I apologize, Wizards fans, if you're listening. I don't know who the hell he is. Um, and I don't have enough care in my mind to have Larry look it up because you are the Wizards and you are pretty shit this year. So you're going to have an interim coach for the rest of the year and then you'll figure it out in the offseason. Cool. Um, But this is a quick, 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 quick recap. Two guys score over 70 points. Two coaches are fired. One player is suspended 25 games for doing steroids and we had a trade this week. This NBA week has my head spinning. Not only all that, But we also have our all-star starters announced. So for the East, Giannis is captain. Uh, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Therese Halliburton, and Damian Lillard round out your starters. Uh, For the West, LeBron James captain. Uh, Very important. 20th all-star selection, which I believe is a record. So hats off to Bron Bron. Um, So Bron, Durant, Jokic, Doncic, and SGA starters for the West. Um, I do believe February first the decision for who the reserves will be uh, will be announced. But we're going back to an East first West setup this year, so that is interesting. It's the classic uh, way of doing the All Star Game. I don't really have anything against either way of doing it. I totally liked the hey, I'm the captain, I'm picking my team thing. I also do like the, each of the players will be representing their conference. Um, I got a love-hate relationship with the All-Star weekend game, etc., uh, festivities. It's fun. I don't ever want to see anyone get hurt during all of it, but it's fun. Uh, they don't really play any defense during the All-Star game, but it's fun. Uh, we'll never see... Well, not never. I don't know if they'll ever switch it back, but if they do, then we could. But right now we won't see JB versus J T in the All Star game, which was electric last year. I love seeing the two teammates, you know, square up against each other now though. If JB's selected as a reserve, they'll be on the same team. Um yeah. I mean, All Star Weekend, I believe, is the weekend of February fourteenth, whenever that is. So two, three weeks from now. Um yeah. I mean, Giannis being the captain and LeBron being the captain, we've seen it how many years in a row now? Um, the one thing I will say is I hate that it is a popularity contest. Um, it comes down to fan votes because that, even if you're not watching the game, even if you're not paying attention, you just people go on and vote for their favorite players. And it's like, yeah, I mean, Giannis is great and LeBron is great. And yeah, they're having good seasons, but I don't know. Embiid is an MVP candidate. Jokic is an MVP candidate. SGA, Doncic, MVP candidates. Like, let's see some different captains. Let's see some different people. You know, get the recognition they deserve. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it on that. Nothing. Nothing too crazy. Um, <clears throat> I do want to move into. I know we've spent a good chunk of time talking about the NBA as a whole right now this uh this week i apologize for my runny nose um i did did get my nose pierced fun little thing fun little tidbit little trivia um yesterday and uh i've come to realize that it's very hard to blow your nose with a very raw hole in your face (laughs) um so i'm navigating that so i apologize for my sniffles but moving on Celtics. All right. Last time I talked about the Celtics with y'all, my friends, my listeners, my compadres, I said that we were probably going to drop one game because we had four games coming up. Uh I said it was probably going to be the Mavericks. Well, I was wrong. <clears throat> it wasn't the Mavericks. It was the Clippers, <coughs> which makes me sad. because grandpa and his buddies came out here with their, uh, walkers tennis balls and everything and kind of clubbed us over the head lost by 20 um lost by 19 but whatever um but I'll, I'll, i'll get there that was yesterday's game and we'll get there celtics played the rockets we beat them again by nine not much to talk about there celtics beat the mavs again by nine uh celtics beat the heat (laughs) <laughs> by 33 which was wonderful to see so I'm sitting here you know I'm watching the Rockets game solid game from everyone um, what's it called we got Tatum with 18 Porzingis with 32 D. White with 21 JB with 13 uh, Pritch with 9 Cornette with 8 solid just an up and down, solid game. Uh, you got the game against the Mavericks. You needed the boys to show up. You needed big numbers, so we got Tatum with 39, JB with 34, Al with 11, Drew with 17, uh, D White with only six, but he did, uh, you know, facilitate uh, on the. You know the, the the one thing that I'll say about Derek White is he is normally a stat sufferer you usually are able to go to the box score and figure out how his game went. Um, but in a game like this, it's not exactly about what's on the scoreboard. It's about how you move the ball. It's about your defensive positioning. It's about, you know, what you do to change the game and D white, whether it's on paper or on the screen is always changing the game. So I'm not going to let a six point, you know, showing, uh, The smirch my guy because d white is an all-star in my opinion one and two um he's he's just doing things out there that you know don't necessarily translate to a scoreboard or a box score and that's totally fine and honestly better um you know i want to see those guys with the intangibles with the uh with the knack with just, just some basketball iq with the knack for being where you need to be, or helping how you need to help. Um, but yeah, we beat the uh, the Mavs. Me held. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> uh, what's his goddamn name? Was it Kyrie or Luca? I can't remember. It's one of them sat that game. Kyrie sat that game. So Luca, yeah, Luca had thirty three. Oh no, Kyrie played. I'm an idiot. Kyrie played. Kyrie had twenty three. Yeah, all right. I mean, we kept Kyrie to twenty three. We kept Luca to thirty three. Kept them low. Kept them in check. You know, I mean, Luca literally a week later puts up seventy. So, letting them have thirty three is fine by me. Um, the Heat game beautiful. Love to see it. Absolute ass whooping. Um, Tatum twenty six. Jalen Brown eighteen. Christoph is 19. Drew Holiday, 17. D. White, 15. Peyton Pritchard, 11. Uh, Al Horford, 8. Luke Kornet 12. Um, and with that um, stat line, I believe I saw the graphic during the game, but the Celtics are the first team ever to have five players hit two plus three pointers and two plus field goals in a game, um, which is such a random stat. But basically, um, what is that, 10 points off of two threes and two field goals? Yeah, 10 points. So the first team to have five guys get 10 points off of two threes and two field goals ever. Um, yes, random saver metric. Yes, uh, not something that we would normally track. But hell, we're the first team to ever do it. So fuck yeah. And we did it against the Heat. Double fuck yeah. And we beat the Heat by 33. Hell yeah, brother. Um, Yeah, I mean, not much to report here. The the Heat just kind of were kept in check the whole time. Jimmy Butler couldn't break 20. Bam Adebayo couldn't break 20. Tyler Hero couldn't break 20. Harry couldn't break 10. (laughs) Um, You know, we outplayed him. We completely outclassed them in their house. And uh, there were Let's Go Celtics chants in Miami. Miami was home. (laughs) Miami was home. And we had Let's Go Celtics chants loudly being presented at that game. Um, As for the Clippers game... Not much I really want to talk about here. You know, sometimes you just get beat. Um, the annoying part is that we were at home, and now we're 20-2 and two at home. Uh, we went from being 20-0 and 0 to losing two straight at home. We lost to the Nuggets, and we lost to the Clippers now. Um, West Coast teams, man. we, we We're going to compete the hardest against West Coast teams, is what I've said all season. Because now it's the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Thunder, and the Wolves, who have seemed to be our hardest competition all year. Uh, the East just can't handle us, but the West they got a good matchups against us. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not even gonna like try and like sugarcoat it or, you know, change the narrative there. Western teams seem to know how to play against us or at least compete against us. Um Kawhi Leonard had twenty six points, Paul George had seventeen. Uh we got Harden with nine but eight rebounds and seven assists. Uh Terrence Mann had 14 mere coffee had 10 daniel tice had 18 like what are we talking about here like i don't know we we kind of got our asses handed to us uh rusted nothing that's interesting he had four points four rebounds five assists um but yeah i mean it was a game where uh chris Dobbs had to sit he was having knee soreness. uh tatum put up 21 fine uh, you know he double doubled he had eleven rebounds. JB kind of got stopped, only had eight points. Al Horford got stopped. He had no points. Drew Holiday got stopped. He had seven points. D. White got stopped. He had two points. Peyton Pritchard, you know, put up 12, but that's those garbage time, second unit, you know, minutes. Again, Luke had 11 garbage time, second unit minutes. Ah, The takeaway from this game. We are a basketball team, and we are not going to win every game. Case and just like it's just a matter of the fact I am so sick of having to defend or explain or understand every single loss um it's gonna happen you know we're gonna naturally win games and lose games even if you're a bad team you win games and you lose games you don't win them all and you don't lose them all even the Pistons have four or five wins even the 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 uh, Uh, why couldn't I think of the name Hornets or Wizards or Spurs? They have wins. Uh, We are still first in the East. Nothing changed there. Um, We still have the best record in the NBA. Nothing changed there. So does losing by 20 to the Clippers at the end of January bother me? No, and it shouldn't bother you. Like, I, 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 we lost. We didn't have KP. JP kind of played bad, but like, everyone's due a bad night. We've been busy. We had four games this week. People get tired, people get worn out. People need a break. I think, honestly, all star break is going to be huge because most everyone's going to get to sit on their asses and just hang out and enjoy the festivities. Um, Tatum will play. We don't know if JB, KP, Drew, D. White are all going to make it. There's, you know, voting numbers to say that they might, but who knows? But I don't care if we, if if, let's put it this way, if the sample size is four games, quote unquote, a week, And you go three for one every week. That's fucking insane. That is really, really good. You are a really, really, really good basketball team. And it does not mean that you have to analyze or fixate or pick apart that one loss every time. You just don't. If you're a 75% winning team you're you're set. You're, you're a playoff team. You're going to be there. I promise you. We got teams that are at 500 or below 500 in playoff contention. All right? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really all I have to say about that. Congrats to uh, the Clippers for, you know, making the skies falling. Twitter idiots uh, come out of their hiding. But it is what it is. Brush it off. We got a few more games before All-Star break, and then uh, we're in the real push for the playoffs. So, with that being said, coming up this week, we have the Pelicans on Monday at home. It'll be a good game. Like I said, Western Conference teams play well against us. Uh, We have the Pacers at home on Tuesday. So, another back-to-back. And then we have the Lakers at home. All I have to say is we need to kick. uh, We can lose. This is how how my my fandom and uh, love for this team goes. I will sacrifice a loss to the Pelicans and the Pistons so long as we can blow out LeBron. So long as we can kick the living shit out of the Lakers. I would. I don't think that we're going to lose to the Pacers. I think that it's been a great season of back and forth and close games with them, but I think that we steal the season series. Um, the Pelicans. Interesting. I really don't know how it's going to match up. I don't know how we're going to match up against Zion. I don't know how we're going to match up against the way they play. It will be a fun game to watch. Um, I'm really putting that one up with a 50 50. I think we can squeak it out against the Pacers, but, Pelicans, it's 50 50 shot. As for the Lakers, there is no part of me that thinks we lose this game. There is no part of me that will be happy if we do lose this game. So here's your, here you go. You want me to be upset about a loss? You want me to be, you know, on here picking apart the team and you know being hypercritical and be a little skies falling. You want that from me. You want that from the meat man. If we lose to the Lakers, I promise you, I'm gonna come down on this team with anger. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like I just gotta be straight up. Um and then uh it will be the day of the uh next episode drop, but on February fourth, just as a heads up to everyone, the Grizzlies will be playing the Celtics in T D Garden and that will be Marcus's return game. I know he's injured, but I do believe he'll be in attendance and that will be emotional for everyone. Um I won't get too far into it because I think we'll be able to talk about it um, a little bit more next episode. Uh, so I'll leave it at that. Um, let's say the Celtics go 2-1 in the three games this week. I think we maybe lose to the Pelicans or maybe lose to the Pacers, but we don't lose to the Lakers. So I'll say 2-1 for the next three games. Um, is that everything? God, there was so much to talk about this week, y'all. Um, yeah, all stars, uh, coaches, trades, Tristan Thompson suspension, PEDs, Joel Luca. Yeah, yeah, we we covered it all. We got it all uh, for y'all. So, with that being said, the Celtics are <clears throat> currently thirty-five and eleven, uh, sitting atop the Eastern Conference of the NBA. A whole three games ahead of the Bucks and five games ahead of the 76ers. Uh, we are about two weeks away. Yeah, two weeks away from All-Star break. And as always, I am Marty the Meat Man. We, me and Larry, are cross-court coverage. You... Are the wonderful, always important, and loved, valued listeners? <sighs> it has been a wild, wild week in the NBA. But as always, and forever, it will be Go Celtics. Or Go Fuck Yourself. Peace.